0: Before I begin the sermon, I want to just mention a couple of things. Um, right now, I think Jordan mentioned that as we began. We have a group of 30-something people that are in a little caravan of vehicles traveling to New Orleans. And we want to pray for them and ask God to bless their time, that it would be beneficial spiritually to them as individuals and also would have a kingdom impact upon some people that they're going to have the opportunity to minister to. I want to mention that we do have a a business meeting tonight at 6 o'clock, and um, anyone's welcome to come, and we discuss certain things, and I don't don't ever like that term business meeting because someone says, I'm not interested in the business side of things, but maybe we could just say God's business. Um, We don't just talk about money, but we talk about ministries of the church, so if anyone would like to come, you always hear, pick up things that are going on in the life of the church, and... You can ask someone that's been. It's it's generally not just a boring, detailed uh, meeting. We talk about some pretty significant things. And then Wednesday night, we have our part two of a Connect class. And that's what, when people are considering joining the church, they come to a Connect class. And we decided to do it on a Wednesday night um, because of my schedule and then just the way things played out to make it available. You might not have come to the first one. That's fine if you want to. If you're interested in... um, joining the church or learning more about that, then please let me know or come Wednesday night and you can jump in that second part of that and would love to have you, uh, consider some of the stuff we talk about and go over in that class. So I'm going to pray. And then we're going to talk a little bit this morning about, uh, spiritual warfare and strongholds and take a look at this passage. Um, these two passages and, um, maybe some things that God wants us to do in uh, response to uh, His Word. Father, we thank You that You are a God. We thank You that we are not alone in this world. And we thank You that we no longer um, are trying to figure out things on our own without any wisdom or insight from above. We thank You that You have introduced us to Your Son, Jesus Christ. And He is our King and our leader. And we are so grateful that we have a whole new paradigm from which we can view and understand this world and that reality looks very different to us now that we are believers because we see deeper layers of spiritual activity that we used to not be aware of. And I pray, oh God, that this morning that you would just help us as a church just to understand what you're doing in this world and how we are players in this great drama that you're unfolding as we live. Help us to have more keen insight into the type of um, conflicts that we might be arising and where are the original sources of this conflict and, and how we can um, be equipped as Christians to better engage um, in the calling that you've given to us in this world. So please God, be our teacher, uh, comfort those who need comfort, awaken those who need awakening, bring spiritual life and vitality and uh, to those who maybe don't know you, Um, help remove any kind of um, fog or uh, confusion or misunderstanding that any of us might have about the things we're going to be discussing. Oh God, Holy Spirit, come into our presence today and lead us and guide us and give us the heart to respond with faith to what we hear today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to talk about um, strongholds a little bit, and then I want to maybe go with it a little. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to propose a challenge to you. And I want to go ahead and mention it up front so that you're not caught off guard at the end of the service. And at the end of the service, um, I'm going to give you the opportunity to maybe share. I don't think people realize that God is currently delivering people from strongholds. We have people that have been held by something in their life, in their experience. And it could be thinking, it could be habits, it could be Um, addictions, it could be anything that maybe had a hold on your life and you have seen victory or maybe you're even walking in victory today or maybe some of you are saying, hey, I've got a stronghold right now and I'd like for you to pray for me. So I want us to experience the reality. So this mic right here is going to be available at the end of the service. And I want you through the service as you listen to us talk I want you to just kind of think, do I need to just stand up and give God praise for breaking a stronghold? Or do I just need to say, hey, I want your prayers for something I'm going through. All someone has to do is walk up to the mic and say something very um, very short and succinct. you remember the... Um, Cardboard testimonies, y'all familiar with that, where people came up and say, I had this going on and God has rescued me from this? Something like that, just sure. No one, we're not talking about five minute stories. We're talking about very quick, I was struggling with this and Jesus Christ came and delivered me. I, I, before, and before I go there, some of you are going to say, I don't want to do that. I'm pleading with you. Get out of yourself. And share so that other people can hear that God is real and working at our church. Some people say, well, I could have said this. And I want to say, well, why didn't you? Give him praise. And so you don't have to say much. And if you have stage fright, then that's okay. I'm not, I'm not, dealing, I'm not dealing with you. Some of you say you might fall out of your shoes if you had to come up and say something. And trip on the way up here. That is totally fine. I'm not talking to you. I'm just saying if God is laying on your heart before we get to the end of this message that you need to just simply say, I had a stronghold in my life and I've been delivered by Jesus Christ and I'm still walking in that. I'm looking to Him. It doesn't mean you have total victory. So I'm just giving you a warning ahead of time. And I'm asking you to ask God if you need to share something that's going to encourage someone else who's in that same stronghold right now, okay? This is the body of Christ testifying and ministering to one another. So let's get into this a little bit. So becoming a Christian is an eye-opening experience. It is a bit like a visit to the eye doctor for someone who has really poor vision but didn't know it, and suddenly you're aware that a spiritual war is taking place worldwide. So imagine going to the eye doctor and you're thinking, hey, my eyes are pretty good, I see stuff. And you go to the eye doctor and he puts that machine or he or she puts that machine up to your eyes and they start clicking, is this better? Is this better, this better, this better? No, no, worse, yes, better. And it starts coming into vision and you're like going, well, that's pretty cool. And then a a week later or however long later, your new glasses come in with a prescription and you walk out and you go, whoa, whoa. I didn't realize I wasn't seeing clearly. Because according to your experience, you could only see what you could see. And suddenly you're driving around and walking around and you see things with new clarity. And it's exciting. And becoming a Christian is a lot like that. It's like God begins to show you things that you never saw before. And you begin to have a spiritual awareness Of the world and you're like going, Whoa, I never saw it like that before. And you begin to see things with your spiritual eyes on that you couldn't see it before you came to know Christ and the Holy Spirit began to teach you things and reveal things to you. It's exciting. So God wants you to be aware of spiritual warfare. There is a great battle taking place between God and Satan, and it is at the center stage or the center of the storyline in the Bible. In the Bible, this great conflict is playing out between God and Satan. Most of the people in the world don't know that, but we do. And we also know that it's not a battle between equals. It's not Star Wars, which Star Wars is pretty cool. But with Star Wars, you're like going, well, who's going to win? Who's going to win? Who's going to win? We don't have that problem. We know who wins. It's just because the battle's intense, sometimes we'd rather not think about it or get too close to the front line. But we're in this story The storyline is a battle between God and Satan where Jesus comes to rescue us from sin and death as our great deliverer. And in this drama unfolding, Satan is the great villain, the antagonist, and Jesus is the hero, the protagonist, and human beings with their eternal souls are the prize both sides are fighting over. God values human souls more than He does whales, eagles, waterfalls, and pure water. More valuable than anything in the world is the human soul because the human soul is the carrier of the image of God. And human beings have the capacity to do what you and I were just doing moments ago, and that is lifting praise to God, which He loves. And this great battle play, battle is taking place, and we're the prize. And that's what the fight is over. It's for the glory of God and the kingdom of God, but it's also that many might become sons and daughters of God. That's what's going on on this stage of Scripture. Okay, several Old Testament passages shed great light upon the nature of the spiritual conflict taking place in our world. Now for just a second, let me go back to the verses we read. We read about living in the flesh... While a war is going on, but it's not a war according to the flesh. It's a war in the spiritual realm. Though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. We are waging war, but not according to the flesh. There's lots of wars. I read uh, this uh, yesterday. I looked up how many wars are going on in the world right now. And it said 32. It's not just Russia and uh, Ukraine. And we get fixated on one thing because it has, we feel like it affects America more, but it affects, there's a lot of people who are in war right now, physical war in the world. But the Bible is saying there's also a spiritual war taking place. And it says the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So we're trying to figure out. Where is this war taking place and what kind of weapons does the enemy have and what kind of weapons are available to us? And God is wanting to equip us so that we can be engaged, so that we can destroy strongholds. That's what this is, what is playing out. And so I want to mention just a few passages And you're probably not going to be able to turn to them and keep up with them with me as I go through because I've got a bunch of passages today because I want you to feel the weight of the biblical content. There's a lot in the Bible about this matter. And it begins back in Genesis 3 where God introduces us to the serpent who comes sneaking up to us to make us doubt the goodness of God. So this whole drama begins with Satan entering into the Garden of Eden in that cataclysmic moment that we refer to the fall of man, where man sinned against God, sided with God's great enemy, and doubted the goodness and the integrity of God's Word. And so Genesis 3 begins this story. In the Old Testament, we have a behind-the-scenes look between a conversation between God and Satan in the story of Job. God takes us behind the scenes, things that humans don't see, but He brings us behind the curtain, and we hear a conversation between Satan and God about Job, where Job says, if you let me at... where Satan says, if you let me at Job, I'll make him curse you. And God grants permission to Satan... To attack a believer. It's interesting. And if you want to learn more about that, then go there. Because it reveals how deeply Satan can attack our lives and our loved ones and our possessions in his attempt to get us to curse and renounce God. There's an interesting story in 2 Kings chapter 16. And there's a physical battle taking place, but God opens the eyes of Elisha and a servant of Elisha so that he sees something that is not naturally visible to the human eye. And he sees a spiritual army, real warriors. He can, everyone can see the physical army coming to attack, but God opens his eyes to a spiritual reality. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. He saw warriors. If our eyes were spiritually open, I wonder what we would see even in this room. And we would see a battlefield, a level of battle taking place that our natural eyes cannot see And on rare occasions, like God did there, he sometimes opens the eyes of people to see things that are taking place in the spiritual realm. In Daniel 10, there's this amazing vision that Daniel's had, and Daniel's trying to figure it out. And he's like, Lord, I don't understand. He's like he had a head-splitting headache, trying to, like, oh, my... My head hurts when I try to understand this vision. He was like so wanted to know what was going on. And so God sent Michael, the angel Michael. And he's called in this passage in Daniel 10, one of the chief princes, a prince, one of the chief princes in the angel armies of God. Like he's called a chief Prince, which means there are degrees and levels of authority, like an army. God has an army, and there are high-ranking angels, and there are lower-ranking angels. And listen to what he said he was doing. Uh, Michael comes and tells Daniel, before he explains to him the vision, he says, Hey, I would have been here sooner, but I got tied up into a major conflict for 21 days with the prince of Persia. How about that? Daniel would have had no idea. But God opened his eyes to spiritual realities as he was telling him about future spiritual battles and revealing things in the book of Daniel, eschatology, eschatological window, and in order to help him understand, he sees Michael, but Michael's in the middle of a spiritual battle and it takes him 21 days because he has to do something in this great war and this great conflict and it delays him on his way there. These are, these are real things. There are spiritual entities But God controls the outcome and is setting up history for the ultimate glorious coming of Jesus and the fall of Satan. There are physical wars throughout our world, but behind the physical wars, there is a supernatural realm where two superpowers are battling nonstop. So that's the Old Testament. Let's look at Jesus' ministry for just a second. Jesus was the greatest teacher of spiritual warfare and the most powerful spiritual warrior to combat Satan that the world has ever known. And somehow people are followers of, claim to be followers of Jesus and they don't have this in their their toolbox. They don't talk about spiritual realities. They don't talk about demons and Satan. But Jesus sure did. And it's so interesting that churches become comfortable places where people don't even hear about this kind of stuff. How in the world does that happen? You can't be a follower of Jesus without a paradigm that pictures this spiritual warfare taking place. Jesus was the greatest teacher and combatant in this war ever. In Matthew 2, his birth sent Satan into a rage as he filled Herod with a murderous spirit and began killing babies in an attempt to kill Jesus. In Matthew 4, at Jesus' baptism and ordination, he has 40 days of consecration to God and the wilderness. And guess who shows up right in the middle of Jesus, consecrating his life to God? You don't think, Jesus, the devil's going to show up if you commit your life to God? Right in the middle of Jesus consecrating 40 days of prayer and fasting, Satan comes in and assaults Jesus with temptations and tries to convince him to abort his mission and take the devil's advice and just skip the cross. In Matthew 6, Jesus is teaching on prayer, including daily alignment with God's kingdom and God's will, along with daily power to resist temptation and the powers and schemes of Satan, the evil one. He's like, deliver me, Lord, every day. Think about the kingdom of God, but every day deliver us from temptation and from the evil one. It's not just from evil, it's from the evil one. In John 13, 27, during the first communion service ever served by Jesus himself, after a piece of, receiving a piece of bread from Jesus, Satan enters Judas. At the same time Jesus is establishing the Lord's Supper, Satan doesn't mind entering into that location With Jesus handing people, handing Judas a piece of bread, simultaneously Satan's entering into Judas to carry out the will of the dark force. And leads him down the trail of betrayal and suicide. It says Satan entered into Judas. Satan could enter in. What that's saying is Satan could enter into someone right here, right now. The Lord Jesus was serving the Lord's Supper, handing bread. It couldn't be more personal than that. And Satan didn't mind coming right into that setting and entered into. It didn't just say he whispered at this moment. He can whisper things in our ears. He entered into Judas because Judas left his door of his house open. He didn't have God in there. And Satan came in, even in the midst of a holy gathering. I like to know information like that. There are tw- over 25 passages I counted, and there may be more, in the ministry of Jesus alone in the Gospels where Jesus confronts and casts out demons. Luke eleven fourteen, 14, he was casting out a demon, and it was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the crowds were amazed. Matthew 8, 16, when evening came, they brought to Him many who were demon-possessed. And He cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were ill. Mark 1, 34, He healed many who were ill with various diseases, cast out many demons, and He was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who He was. Mark 1:39, He went into their synagogues throughout all Galilee, preaching and casting out demons. Luke 4, 41. Demons also were coming out of many, shouting. The demons were screaming. This wasn't the person with a voice problem. It says the demons were shouting, You are the Son of God. But rebuking them, He would not allow them to speak because they knew Him to be the Christ. Matthew 8, 32. He said to them, Go. That's all it took, the authority and name of Jesus. He just said, go. And they came out and went into the swine. You remember the story? And the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into sea and perished in the waters. Mark 5 8. he had been saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Jesus talked to demons. Demons talked to Jesus. They were real. Luke 8:29 he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it had seized him many times, and he was bound with chains and shackles and kept under guard, and yet he would break his bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. This power over can overcome someone, even have physical manifestations and power. Luke 925 when Jesus saw the crowd was rapidly gathering. He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying, You deaf and mute spirit, I command you, come out of him and do not enter him again. Luke 7, 25, the woman was a Gentile of the Syrophoenician race, and she kept asking him to cast out the demon out of her daughter. As a woman who believed her son was demonically possessed, she brought him to Jesus and said, Would you please deliver my daughter? Luke 9:25. when Jesus saw a crowd was gathering, He rebuked the unclean spirit. Mm, already read that one. Mark 16:9. after He had risen early on the first day, He appeared to Mary Magdalene from whom He had cast out seven demons. Do you know sweet Mary Magdalene had seven demons in her? And Jesus cast them out and He brought her into the fold. And she is in the Bible as one who witnessed and testified to the resurrection of Jesus. Matthew 9, 34, the Pharisees were saying, He cast out demons by the ruler of demons. They couldn't stand it. They didn't know how to cast out demons, so they accused Jesus of being demonic because He had a power that they didn't. And that's what happens sometimes when people do the will and work of God. Let us not doubt the existence of demonic and satanic powers in this world. Let us not doubt the existence of demonic and satanic powers in America, in our community, even in our church and in our lives. We must not fear him, but we must acknowledge him and be mindful of his tactics. A huge and vital part of Paul's and all the leaders of the New Testament of the New Covenant Church was to equip Believers, And this is what we're trying to do. Equip believers for the spiritual warfare taking place at all times and in all places in the world. So here's what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to scare anyone. I'm not trying to freak anyone out. What I'm trying to do is help us to wake up and see. Just want us to see what's going on. Why is there so much evil? If you and I really knew what was going on in certain places, we would be floored. If we knew and had to deal daily with the layers of evil, even in our own community. The people who go back and and were looking at things that had occurred in Germany and the atrocities that were normal, that all German people could not believe what was happening in their own land. They were in denial. And when they saw it, when they saw the horrors of war, they had to ask questions. How can human beings do such things? And it's because there are evil powers at work. And we need to understand that when we're trying to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are walking in the flesh, but we're not waging war according to the flesh. There are weapons for warfare. And these weapons can destroy divine power to destroy strongholds. Like God wants to come along and help us deliver people. If you're in this room and you need deliverance, then God is saying, I have power. I have the power and resources to help you for what you're going through and for what people you love might be going through. And there are deeper explanations than just to simply say this person has mental issues. They may have mental issues, but there's another layer that needs to be considered. In Ephesians, we are told, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And we need to know what are those schemes? What does he do? We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly places. And so we're going to have to take up the whole armor of God... So that we may be able to stand in the evil day, and the evil day is referring to now, until God completes His mission. Ephesians four twenty-seven: Give no opportunity to the devil. First Timothy three six: An elder describing the work of a church leader. He says, "Be careful; he may not be a recent convert, or he may be puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil." even a church leader. Verse 7, Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he does not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. The devil has snares for bringing down church leaders. Aren't you hearing church leaders falling? It's absurd how many things, terrible, wicked things. I read this stuff sometimes and I go, this person molested someone, this person did this, this person did that, this person child abuse, this person that, and I hear these stories And you're like going, where is that coming from? It's coming from the pit of hell. And Satan wants to discredit the work of God and the kingdom of God. There's so many verses. James 4, 7, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Revelation 10 talks about, describes this. The book of Revelation is a book of warfare. The great dragon was thrown down, the ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He will be defeated. Chapter 12 in Revelation. Rejoice, O heavens, you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows his time is short. I kind of feel like his time is short. You feel like his time might be short? And because his time is short, he's showing his colors. And he seems to be quite active. Okay? So, in conclusion, I just want to say we have so much to learn. And spiritual warfare is happening around us. And one of the areas that Satan is clearly going to come and he's going to attack the truth... And He's going to try to do it before it can even take root. And He's going to do that right here, right now. In Luke 18, 12, it says there's a seed that was sown on the path and before it can even take root that Satan comes and snatches it. So here's one of the things I think is going to happen. Satan is coming right here, right now, trying to snatch this from you. He doesn't want you to believe in spiritual realities. He wants you to think everything's just fine. He wants you to only see the physical realm. And God is challenging you and enlightening you, and I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to better understand this spiritual realm. And Satan is going to come and try to snatch this from us as a church. He's going to say, don't go, don't go there. He's going to say, y'all ought not go there in that direction. And He's going to try to keep us from understanding the the conflict we're in. And that would be derelict on my part as a minister. That would be derelict on your part as a Christian. If you say, well, I don't don't want to talk about stuff like that. When God does. And then it says, we've already read in, in our study in 2 Corinthians that... Um, Satan wants to veil and blind people. The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel. So I want you to open your heart so that God can open your eyes. The whole world is a stage upon which God is directing the play starring Jesus Christ, superstar, as the great victor over Satan, the great villain. But here's the thing I want you to understand. You're not in the audience. You're on the stage. You're not in the audience watching the play. You're on the stage where the conflict is taking place. We're on the stage. And that's just what I want us to be aware of. So right now, I I want to encourage you. And that's what I want to finish with. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to understand. And so if there's something... I know it's going, to take a lot. it's going to take a lot of courage for you first or second people, but just how many people have had a stronghold in your life? How many people have seen God deliver? Well, will some of you just come on up here and just say, here's the stronghold I had, and God has delivered me from? Because there's some people that have that same stronghold right now. Just call it by name. Come up here and just walk up to that little piece of metal and just tell the stronghold that God's delivered you. and Go for it, Mary.
1: Well, I think the biggest stronghold I've dealt with was not understanding, like, lack of truth. I was a searcher, and God revealed himself through the Holy Spirit. And in addition to that, I have come up in a life where I had to rely on myself a lot. And that is still a stronghold I work on every day, trusting and knowing, I know, that I only have to rely on God. But boy, I rely on me a lot and not other people, just me. And uh, God's just chipping that away, and it just feels wonderful to have his spirit and know that truth.
0: Amen. Someone else, come on.
1: Patty, I just need you to pray, okay?
2: I have been a part of a Christian, what I considered a Christian denomination, my entire life. I'm 75 years old. I was dedicated around two or three. And I've been a member of that denomination my entire life. And God led me to this church. Because God is in charge by his spirit in this church. And I've seen that even though I'm old and I'm not very smart, but God has shown me. And and, and the thing I need just to warn you about, and I saw it a couple of weeks ago when Pastor Scott was talking about the Holy Spirit and that he's fixing to go. He's fixing to go and he's going to start a battle. And I told my friends, you better pray for him because God has an anointing and Satan's going to go after him. So while he's gone, y'all better pray. But I, this is the only thing I need to say to you, is there is an idol. I, you know, I, was, I, didn't, I wasn't raised in a church that taught you to read the Bible like precious Jordan does. But the thing I need to let you know, that the Bible is the truth. It's the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And if you don't stand for that, you will fall. And the only way you can stand for it is with the power of the Holy Spirit. Even the apostles were cowards until Pentecost. And so until you get that, you have to know this is the idol that's going to be raised in this church, that you have to tell it to get out of here, and it's the idol of comfort. Mm. Watch for it, the idol of comfort. That's all I have to say.
0: Amen. Thank you, Ryan.
3: Um, I had the uh, stronghold of alcoholism for 30 years, Mm. and it was removed in one moment through the power of
4: prayer. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I guess my stronghold was just enjoying uh, pleasures, but not uh, learning about God and his love and the things that he could teach me. They're much more fulfilling. Uh, I was kind of married to my work uh, uh, up until 2017 when I retired. Also married to enjoying just leisure activity, boating or golfing and things of that nature and I never made my way to church like uh, I was raised to do and it just something happened in 2017 after I retired Uh, I started uh, going back to church and it's the most wonderful thing in the world so now my whole week uh, when I plan things even if we're going to take a trip I enjoy going to church wherever that might be And God has helped me get through a lot of hospitalizations I've had over the last 35 years. But most of all, in the recent years, when some have been a little bit more difficult, having God there uh, at my back to uh, send someone to me uh, that would bring uh, relief to me, and I could feel it. Uh, So I just thank God, and I praise God, that in 2017, uh, Jesus came into my life uh, strongly. Amen. Amen.
1: I just want to share about a stronghold that uh, was on our twins when they were probably four, five, six, somewhere in there. And at nine o'clock every night, they would wake up from a deep sleep and start screaming and running around the house and doing all sorts of weird things. At church, we were being we were learning about. Um, deliverance and demonic activity and all that and so we prayed we thought how did this happen what how did what came into our children and um, so week after week after week we couldn't even get babysitters because they were scared to death I mean it was just really weird and so um, we were learning about spiritual warfare and then we read where Jesus said this kind cometh not out but by prayer and fasting and we were in a small church, and so everybody, there were some people in this room who uh, were a part of that. And so we started praying and fasting, and we said, we're going to meet at your house this night, and then at 9 o'clock we're going to break that stronghold or, or, or start praying that. And so the church came and prayed and, um, and, and had been fasting, and the stronghold was broken it was it never happened again but it, it was like at nine o'clock i mean you could look at the clock it was so weird but god delivered them Amen. and that was it was just amazing
0: Amen. So, Amen.
5: i am like scared to death to share my testimony but i really know the lord has put on my heart to do it and he told me several years ago he didn't deliver me just for me but he delivered me to share Amen. and tell everybody what he's done so I'm here doing that even though I'm scared to death um, Satan knew my weaknesses and growing up and where my vulnerabilities were and so Lord Jesus. Um, I started believing that I was born homosexual, and so um, in my late teens and early 20s, I just got fully involved into it, believing that's how God created me, and so I became fully entrenched in the homosexual lifestyle and um, really thought that's who I was, there's nothing wrong with it, and this is how God made me, and um, just spent many, many lost, lost years in that lie and that deception and a lot of destruction, drugs and alcohol and all kinds of destruction. But over the years, um, I just had a desire to know God and, and I started going to a gay church and they were just affirming that, you know, yes, God loves you. This is how you were made and trying to persuade me but somehow in my um inner spirit I knew that wasn't true so one day after many many years I just oh yeah so in that church they didn't encourage Bible reading wow. and so um I just wanted to know the truth because there was this gnawing at me that I was being deceived and so one day I um, <clears throat> just said, Lord, tell me the truth. What, what is the truth? And so I just flipped open the Bible randomly. And, um, and actually that's happened throughout the last almost 30 years of my walk with the Lord and seeking holiness. Is sometimes I'll just flip it open and it's like, bam, right there. A verse just jumps out to speak truth. Well, when I just randomly flipped it open, it landed on Romans 1. And when I started reading it, I, I could not believe that was in the Bible. I couldn't believe what I was reading at first. I was like, wow, it was so clear, so black and white to me that um, I was in sin. I was in complete sin and abomination to the Lord. And when it hit me like that, I just knew I I couldn't change myself, I just knew I I needed the Lord. And so I just like broke down and just started crying and saying, Lord, this is more than I can do. I can't change myself. I hear what you're saying, I know the truth, but I can't do that. I I can't change myself. (sighs) I'm sorry, because I was a complete train wreck at that time. And it's a long story, and I'll spare you the details, but the Lord did, um, in his sovereignty and mercy, knew exactly what I needed and how he was going to heal and deliver me. It wasn't gonna be an overnight fix, so the Lord gave me this precious baby who had Down syndrome that I conceived in sin, and so that's a whole long story. but. Anyway, the genetic counselors were trying to get me to abort, and I was like, no, I just, I'm just i trying to seek God. I can't do that. Well, that's what the Lord used my precious baby to heal and deliver me because it took so long. But anyway, um, so that was almost 30 years ago, and it's a, it, the, the other thing I wanted to share with you was that my prayer wasn't just to leave the homosexual lifestyle. I wanted every bit of it. To be gone and rid of and complete healing and restoration and i do want to tell you that is exactly what the lord did praise god he healed and delivered (laughs) so my final words to you because it's so prevalent in this day and age and so prevalent in satan trying to indoctrinate even small children my final word to you is to first stand on the truth and and Do not accept these lies and and know that this is not from the Lord, and it is a lie from Satan. And also to stand on that truth and pray fervently for loved ones that are wrestling with that. Because the Holy Spirit can and will deliver even that sin. There isn't any sin, but even that sin, the Lord can and will deliver those from it. So that's my
4: final. Amen
6: the lord delivered me years ago from something common that probably a lot of people in here struggle with and that's a a stronghold of anger Uh, great vice in my life as a young man Uh, even as a child my parents divorced at a very young age and uh, i had an abusive father and i hated my father and i hated him so much and i hated the world so much that I was in fights all the time as an elementary student, as a middle school student, into high school, and I just fought for any reason and wrestled with God because with my earthly father as he was and my heavenly father that I'm taught about, I struggled with that. And how much more so with a, a God of all power than a finite father did I fear the Lord at the same time? But God continued to wrestle with me and broke down that stronghold. And when he saved me, he delivered me from that. Mm. I I don't want to say completely. The stronghold is gone. But, of course, every once in a while, it still manifests itself. And we're still going to struggle. But it doesn't define me anymore. And that's something that left me when I was 14, when he saved me.
4: Amen. Amen.
3: I'll make this quick. Um, this is a huge part of my testimony and has played such a big role in my life. But um, for the majority of my life, I had been plagued with an addiction to pornography, and recently, the Lord has delivered from me from it and and has been delivering me daily from it. And I just want to speak hope into guys' lives, girls' lives. I don't, you know, there is freedom from it and the Lord is the, the only way that I have found freedom from it so just praise God because it's it's so destructive
5: um, I had a stronghold of fear that started in high school with a stalker um, and it wasn't until I turned to Christ that he healed me completely from that from his indwelling spirit and from praying and preaching to myself the Word of God.
0: Amen. Amen.
3: I was blessed with a potpourri of uh, vices and and struggles. Um, I was not a believer, uh, so I didn't have any clue. I just was of the world and uh, thought I was doing my thing. the way anybody had a right to uh, because I'm an American and I'm free Um, but that anger uh, the addictions uh, the lust uh, the selfishness whatever served me was okay Um, Christ made himself known in my life um, and the fact that I'm standing here today uh, and satan hasn't been able to kill me because uh, i think that the mm-hmm. addiction itself one facet of that potpourri of vices, um, its sole purpose is to kill me um, mm-hmm. and hurt those around me mm-hmm. uh, so just standing here is a victory mm-hmm. uh, but i i'm beginning to understand how i know somebody with a rat infestation and the it, it, they live in this amazing neighborhood, this beautiful house, but these rats are everywhere. And they found where they chewed, chewed through. And, and I see, I'm see, beginning to see how Satan gnaws his way mm-hmm. into strongholds in my own life. And I'm asking for prayer for that. I, I choose to attend CR, Celebrate Recovery, and I find a lot of people there. Um, Everybody's got something different to to deal with but the cross is a level playing field for all of us and we can lay our struggles and strongholds there and leave them. Uh, It's on Wednesday nights if anybody wants to check
2: it out.
7: Okay, so I have to share this. My father was a pastor for decades, um, probably one of the most Christ-like, genuinely Christ-like men I've ever known. Um, Very, very busy, um, did everything in the church. And about 11 years ago, almost right out 11 years ago, he randomly and very suddenly had a complete nervous breakdown. Nobody saw it coming. There was no history of mental health issues or anything. But he, within a day, had completely changed, could not preach, could not um, serve in any way, could not barely leave the house, could not read the word that he had so loved his entire life. And he had not been the same since. That was 11 years ago. It was right after Kipling was born. Three weeks ago, God broke those chains. He has started studying again, the word. He, um, he's not quite made it to church yet, but he's leaving the house. Um, he sounds alive again. And I cannot tell you how huge this is because honestly, I was beginning to wonder if we wouldn't get the answer. You know, you ask why, why would God do this when somebody was so, at the, so influential, people, people loved him, they knew that he loved Jesus. Um, and it was kind of questionable as to what God was doing And let me just say that um, I I kind of expected to find out that answer at this point in heaven. But now, praise God, he has, uh, he he called me the other day and he said, hey, can you order those chosen DVDs you were telling me about? And um, I just, it's exciting, praise God.
4: Uh, Over 30 years ago, um, the Lord took away alcohol and drugs in an instant, and I am thankful for that. But not only that, um, anger was a big issue for me. Um, Explosive anger, that was the home that I grew up in, and uh, he hasn't taken that all away. I still get angry. I need his smiling. Not smiling at my anger. Um, but what he replaced it with is humility afterwards and not stubborn pride.
8: Hi. uh, My name's Sarah. I've been going here for about probably three years, give or take, sometime on, sometime off. Uh, I grew up Believing in God and I didn't really have I love my father, but he was a very much an addict and an abusive husband so my view on an earthly father was was not a vision that you would go on on a heavenly father and uh, I mean my mother is a diehard hippie so I the smell of marijuana was like Febreze in my house. So it's just the, the type of life I grew up in was not, even though my parents believed in God, they, they did not teach me to walk christ life. So by 15, I was a teen runaway. I worked at a jack shack. I did things, God awful things at a very, very young age with men that were, way, way older than me, and I had this view of myself and of just what my value is as a woman is only to be used for men. And that was just a value that was placed in my head by the devil at a very young age. And I uh, got pregnant at uh, 16. I am a mother to three amazing children but they all are special needs and uh the devil puts this like plant in my head that I'm cursed and my children are cursed and I'm not loved and I'm unlovable and <laughs> I am forsaken and all this stuff and it for the past like 2 years I've been struggling really really hard with suicidalness and um I've I I'm so thankful for Jordan, she reaches out to me when I don't show up at church for a month, and she's like, hey, are you coming? We miss you and the kids, and I I totally am grateful for Jordan and her beautiful mother um, who opened up a special needs class here for my kids so they can learn about Jesus, and I'm thankful for this church that people who don't even know me, but they say hello, and they're, you know, they don't look at me like I'm did or anything Uh, in 2007 i did get saved but it has been a rocky rocky field because even though i was saved my ex-husband at the time was not saved so it was definitely spiritual warfare in my house every day in my house and i met a great man and i love him but we uh we've definitely gone through our own struggles, and uh, God's been really helping us and deliver us from that, and uh, for the past, like, three months now, I've been reading my Bible every day, and really praying to God every day that he will take the fear of the unwantedness and unloveness, and just take that away from me, and he he has some days our struggles, but he does he has taken that away so that's nice I'm off medication so that's a good thing um but I just want to let anyone know that God loves you and he is here for you and it doesn't matter what you went through in your life everyone goes through stuff but he does love you and I'm sorry that I took up so much time
0: Um, I, I want us to close with a song. Um, if you guys will go ahead. And when we're singing, if, if, you have, if you have kids and you feel like you need to go, go get them, that's fine. If you, um, if you have a stronghold right now and you just want someone to pray with you, um, I want everyone to stand up. But if you want someone to pray with you while we're singing, would you just come up? and I'm gonna invite some people. If you're here and you would want to pray with someone, if they do that, would you come on up front? And then if anyone just says, hey, I've just got a stronghold and I want someone to pray with me. Um, So I'm just gonna invite um, anyone and maybe if we can get some females as well to come up and um, be ready to pray with some people. And we're just gonna close out with this song and during that prayer, if, if there's something that's been a stronghold in your life and you just want to come and pray with someone, then come on up as we sing. If you want to just sing and praise God. And I think we can, we can go on and share some more of these stories later because these are beautiful stories that God is at work in, in people's lives. And we just want to continue to give him praise and thanks. And we want people to feel like that our God is real. And he's breaking strongholds. And there's more strongholds to be broken. And there's strongholds in our church. And I just want us to be thinking about that and praying about that. So as we close now, and it it might be that just several of you just want to come up forward and pray with someone. Just pray. Just pray. Your family might want to come up. And maybe there's someone, maybe you have a son or daughter that's just not walking with God. And you just want to come and pray and just say, I want to pray for my son or daughter. I want to pray for my dad, my mom, my marriage. I want to pray. There's strongholds. Can we just finish with this song? And if you want to linger afterwards, that's fine. But, folks, we need to. There's a war going on. And God is calling us to be his warriors.